Okay, welcome to the Dog End Podcast. I am sitting uh, with Professor Curry, uh, who's going to be uh, teaching or coordinating uh, the BA 105W courses for the fall 2020 semester. So all you business majors, this is definitely an episode for you. So Professor Curry, can you tell us a little bit about your own journey in higher education, the degrees you have, places you've uh, worked, places you've studied? Sure. Um, first, thank you for having me. I think this is a very valuable series of podcasts you're doing. So I really appreciate you um, taking the time to talk to me about VA 105W. Yeah. Uh, so my journey is a little bit different, I think, than most professors. I um, grew up um, in Ventura, California, which is on the coast, but I moved to Fresno uh, my, between my uh, sophomore and junior year in high school. And so I've been here a while, and I'm actually a graduate of Fresno State from the Craig School of Business with a degree in real estate. And um, that journey actually took a while. I took some time off. I took about 10 years off uh, to raise kids and to start a real estate career. And when the market crashed, then I came back to school and finished my undergraduate degree. Um, previously to that, I had gone to Fresno City College and earned an AA because I knew there would be a break. And so then I took that break, came back when the market crashed, finished my degree, uh, worked as a student assistant at Fresno State in the Craig School of Business uh, at our real estate center here, and continued that role and then various roles such as uh, research, um, research director and then as an associate director of that center as I finished my graduate school which was not a PhD program, but a Juris Doctorate. I went to law school. And then when I graduated from there, became eligible for the tenure track position that I'm in now. Mm. A little bit different than most professors, I think. Right, The house, uh, for students who may be a little bit on the younger side and can't really remember, but the housing bubble was a scary time. Yes. <laughs> and um, you were right in the center of that <laughs> real estate yeah, I really was. So I, I started my real estate career before the bubble. And so it was just, um, it was mind blowing, mind blowing to see properties that you had sold maybe a month ago, decrease in value by hundreds of thousands of dollars and uh, people losing their homes because of the way the uh, economy was allowing them to purchase them. And I actually teach real estate appraisal and real estate law at Fresno mm. State. Okay. And so I do touch on those a little bit um, because it was, I think, uh, very, we assume real estate is going to continue to right. escalate, which it does, but not at the figures it was in 2005 to 2006, 2007. And then to see the absolute opposite curve, it really helps actually as a teaching model in real estate appraisal, especially because appraisers were starting to see prices go down for the first time. And really shocked them I think oh it probably changed our whole job <laughs> they were like it Wait really <laughs> and it did change a lot there were a, there was a lot of legislation that came out of that that did change a, a lot of the way we do things mm. yeah very interesting time yeah what is your uh, teaching philosophy so my teaching philosophy is I really view myself as a facilitator uh, first to help students earn not only the grade that they would like but maybe the highest grade they can really push themselves to earn the highest grade they can in my uh, in my classes. And I really see myself as the facilitator of that. Like, what can I do to help you earn the highest grade you can 
in this class, um, as well as I hope they take some tools from all of my classes, but BA105W in particular, that they'll use outside of the classroom. Okay. So speaking of BA105W, um, after students have learned the material, done the assignments, what should they be able to do? Well, they should be able to understand and analyze um, business audiences and purposes of business communication, as well as write business communication themselves. And no matter your major, this is going to include things like a, a great cover letter, a resume, having an elevator pitch, or you know, a little 30 second something about yourself that's going to help you introduce yourself to people that you might be too um, afraid to talk to if you didn't have that ready. So those are tools that BA105W will teach you. Um, you'll also learn components of business reports, which I think is important because even if your major is not business, you might at some point have to hire somebody and you wanna understand what their reports look like and that kind, you know, just understand the purpose and the audience of all business communication, right. as well as write some yourself. Which is, we all do, no, no matter <laughs> what major you end up with, when you get into the real world, everything takes from elements of business. Exactly, exactly. You're going to be signing contracts, probably, at least an employment contract in most majors. And right. even if you are going to be on your own, you're going to hire other people to do things. So you want to understand how to do that effectively and efficiently and as clear and concisely as possible, right? You want to make right. sure that you're understood and that you understand uh, what's being communicated in that relationship so it's efficient as possible. Certainly. Um, okay, so uh, you, you alluded to it a little bit ago about uh, how students will be taking this class maybe to fulfill the upper division writing requirement, maybe to fulfill that area of upper division GE. So um, how does this class, regardless of major, kind of fit into people's careers, which we just kind of touched on a little bit? Yeah, we did. And so you do write a cover letter and resume um, in BA 105W. And I do think it's not the only thing you write, but I feel it's the most important. And I think the way we approach that assignment, I took BA 105W when I was in my undergrad at Fresno State. And to this day, I still use the master resume that I created mm. in that class. And I know several colleagues that do. And I've heard from students how successful it is, the system we use and how easy it is to continue to add to that resume and cover letter and then tweak it for any job that you want. And so I think it's extremely applicable to all majors. And like we said, just understanding what efficient business communication looks like so that you can be more successful no matter what you're trying to do. Um, what's your personal favorite assignment on a topic in the class? I think clearly it might be the cover letter and resume, right? Yes, I, I had a feeling. <laughs> so I think that's, that's probably the strongest tool that students use outside of the class. And the one that I have students come back time after time telling me how successful they were, uh, were with using the kind of system that we have. Um, as well as we have what's called an elevator pitch assignment in my class where you talk about yourself. And I think that process is extremely rewarding um, and it helps students really take whatever they've written in their cover letter and resume and be able to present it as well quickly and efficiently. And so it sounds like three assignments, but they all kind of go together. 
and students have used that as a package to really present themselves well. Does the does the elevator pitch start off very awkwardly for for students? I'm so glad you asked that because um, yes. So that's the number one complaint I get when we're in the process. This is so awkward, Dr. Curry, Professor Curry. I can't um, I can't just talk to the air. And I tell them just <laughs> just get through it, just do it. Uh, when they present in the class, I let them actually read it as long as they'll read it at a slow enough pace, but the value is in the process, right? The value is sitting down, writing that out so that you have it in your head of what you would say. And so I actually had a student who really felt it was awkward, like he thought I should ditch the assignment. And then he emailed me during the summer after he graduated. He was in the elevator, the true story, in the right in the library you know where this is going i can tell by your face yeah. he was in the elevator in the library and he was in there with president castro and he used his pitch to introduce himself and told him that he really wanted to work on campus and president castro kind of i mean he's not going to just leave him hanging right he he's a great guy so he kind of told him who to get in touch with if that's really what he wanted to do and he did he worked on campus until he finished his graduate degree Wow. Um, you know, I, the reason why I know that is fact is because that is not the only student I've heard say that I was in the elevator with President Castro and he asked me who I was. <laughs> exactly. And so if you, if you're not, you know, like a, a deer in headlights worried about what am I going to say or overthinking it, right? If you have this in the back of your brain, you just start to say it. And then you right. start a conversation and that it really is the value of the elevator pitch is to start that conversation, not be too afraid to say something. And then he gets out the elevator and you're like, wow, I wish I would have said something. So right. it helps with that. But, it, but the process is awkward. I'm not going to lie to you. I've had students say that every semester and I just tell them, please bear with me. You'll thank me later. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's rare that we get to talk about ourselves. And I think uh, as college students, as they, come into the into the college going process you got to start to think about who you are yes which is which is out of place for a lot of us that's the first thing i teach in the resume and cover letter is that that interview process is a two-way street you have to fit as well it's not like mm -hmm. you just want to you know work anywhere you want to work somewhere you fit where you can right. thrive where you can be successful and i think uh, the elevator pitch helps them really hone in on what that would look like so I'm glad you said that because you're right. It, we don't generally talk about ourselves. So to, to sit down and write an entire <laughs> presentation on yourself is, is difficult. But once you do it, you can tweak it for any situation. So it's right. very useful. Uh, what makes uh, BA105W challenging for students? So in BA105W, I think a lot of students hear about the formal business report component, which there is. All sections require a formal business report. It is um, a little intimidating, uh, but it has several different components. And I think once students start it, uh, you and I have talked about this before, that once they start and they realize they're okay with the topic, there's plenty of information out there, and they can start to think about it, at least have an idea of what they want to do, it's a lot easier. Um, when the, the very, very first question I usually get about that is, well, how many pages does it have to be? And I'm one of those professors that doesn't have minimum and maximums. I want you to address the problem the best way you think you should, which frustrates some students. They <laughs> want to know I have to have 550 words or whatever it is. Um, I'm very specific about 
here's what you need to do. And so tackle that in the amount of words you think you can be clear and concise. And the formal report is no different. And I think um, when you think of all the components that go into it, you know, your title page is considered one page. Uh, your table of contents is one page. Your letter of transmittal, do you see where I'm going? That it's made yeah. up of a lot of little sections. And so I think when you approach it that way and just get them done one by one, then you're not so intimidated by 10 to 15 pages. So they're making submissions in stages. They're, they're not, they're making it. So that's kind of that student responsibility component where I suggest they do it in stages, but oh, it's not necessarily right. due in stages. I have one stage due at the beginning where they tell me their topic and they do kind of a preliminary introduction like you and I had talked about to make sure one, they like the subject because there's nothing worse than we talked about right. this as well. Three days before it's due, you find <laughs> out you can't stand the subject or there's not enough information. Right. And so um, I'm very lenient on what subjects they can choose. There's tons of subjects they can choose from. And so I want them to at least know, okay, I like this subject. There's enough information I feel like. And so that is due, but beyond that, it's really within their responsibility to figure out how they should stage that. Uh, throughout the semester. Um, what are some ways you're aware of that online environments can perpetuate inequity? So uh, that's something I've really thought a lot about lately. Uh, in March, when everything went virtual at a snap of a finger, um, my household was extremely impacted um, and a lot by the inequity due to um, internet connections amount of devices. As you know, I have seven kiddos at home, plus I was also trying to work from home. And I ended up coming to my office to do all of my Zoom meetings because there was just um, not enough bandwidth. And we're in the middle of the city. So I can't imagine students who are traveling from remote areas being able right. to do that. Uh, we also had several people in our home because some of my kiddos are older that now all of a sudden they were working over 40 hours a week because they were in positions that were necessary, right? right? Essential positions. And so it was very hard for them to get online and go to Zoom meetings. Um, so in a lot of different ways, one, the technology, the bandwidth, the amount of devices, and then two, just the, real, the reality of our world and some people having to work more and kind of this assumption made that everybody was at home doing nothing, which wasn't necessarily right. true. You know, I had a lot of, I had one student in the Air National Guard and he, unfortunately, no matter how I tried to accommodate him, he was unable to finish the class because of the time restriction. Um, I, I don't have mandatory Zoom meetings or anything like that. And I gave him till the end of the semester to turn things in, but he just couldn't meet the deadline before grades were due because he was so impacted. His schedule was so impacted by being needed for other things in the Air National Guard. And so there's just, there's just so many, you know, we're all unique. All people are unique. We all have different situations. We're all um, dealing with different things and at the same time, a lot of the same things. And so some students had the inequality with bandwidth, uh, with not having devices that were easily able to connect. Um, then not having the time, right? Not having the time to maybe attend Zoom mandatory meetings or get assignments done by due dates. 
Um, or maybe there, I had one student who was watching siblings because the mom was the essential worker. She was a nurse. So, and, and the reality of um, the anxiety of dealing with COVID-19 and whether or not you've been exposed or family members have been exposed, that added another layer, I think, um, of inequity to students in particular. Hmm. How do you think uh, remote instruction is going to impact this class? Have you taught uh, online classes before? I know we talked about that a little bit. Yeah. And have your students struggled with any online appoint, uh, online components of this class? That's a great question. And that was several parts. So I'll try to dissect it the best I can. Um, so teaching this class online, it definitely has been impacted. Um, when we switched at the I keep saying at the click of a finger because it was like one day, right? March 13th, we all right. know it. That was it. Um, so things really did change rapidly. I tried to be very flexible over the spring semester and I've kind of brought that into the summer. So I'm teaching BA 105W one section um, over the summer right now. And that's 100% virtual. And in between the spring and the summer, I actually took the virtual instruction training through the CSU system. And that was extremely helpful to understand things like um, microaggressions and inequality and um, accessibility, right? Mm. Universal design. How are you designing your course in Canvas that eliminates some students from even being able to participate? And right. paying attention to those things. Uh, this is a writing class. And so there, I feel there still needs to be that interaction. So I'm very careful to offer that support. <clears throat> I still do Zoom meetings during the scheduled time, um, but I start them all with, does anybody have any questions about any assignments? And then if anyone doesn't have questions, then I try to anticipate what questions I think they might have. And then uh, I record those sessions and then post them later for students to watch that aren't able to attend Zoom sessions. Was that all of them? There was more to that. Um, well, I was just kind of asking about your experience with uh, online teaching in the past and like whether things have come up that have been difficult for students. Yeah, so students, I think, do struggle a little bit with, um, well, some students struggle with not being able to attend those Zoom meetings, right? So even though I don't make them mandatory, in fact, I give an extra credit point for every Zoom meeting you can attend just to incentivize students who are able to, but I'm very clear that I don't expect everybody to be able to attend. But I've had students that were really upset by that. They really want to attend the Zoom sessions. They feel like they're going to get the most out of the class if they do. And so that's kind of been difficult for some of them. Um, and to watch the recordings, it's just not the same, even though... Right they do. It's just not the same interaction. So what I've tried to do is open up a discussion on Canvas. They can post to the discussion if they don't understand something. And obviously, I'll meet with them anytime they want via Zoom. And so I encourage them to watch the recording. And as you know, if you're watching a recording that or listening to a recording, it may spark questions that you have that weren't answered right? Like, well, what about this? And so I encourage them to write those down and either email them to me, text them to me, they all have my cell phone number, or, um, or schedule a Zoom meeting with me and we'll talk about it face to face. If you want to show me things on the screen, share your screen, I'm more than okay with that. 
Um, what are you doing to support students as they may struggle in certain areas of the class? I really think that comes down to flexibility. Mm. Um, I did start the discussions in Canvas, which I know, I know a lot of classes do that, but it's pretty unusual for writing to have students really discuss what their questions are. And I think that's been very valuable. I will probably continue that. I will. I'll continue that regardless of how we teach. Um, I'm trying to think what else. I talked about the Zoom meetings being recorded. And mm. so we, we combine the live sessions, right, with the not live if you're not able to attend those and the flexibility. So this is some students may not like this, but I've made all my due dates now suggestions. I suggest hmm. you finish something by a certain date, but I'm very flexible as long as it's in by the end of the semester. Hmm. And um, I don't know how popular that idea is. That was a suggestion we had in our training. Right. And, and I think as long as you continue to tell students, you know, be careful about having too much due at the end. Um, but do keep them flexible for students who are working over 40 hours a week or have other right. things going on. It gives them that flexibility. They don't have to email me. Hey, can I turn it in tomorrow? Hey, is it okay if I have, you know, another hour? And now they know, okay, as long as I'm there, I tell them why I have the suggested due dates. They're not just made up in air. There's a reason that they are those dates. But if you can't meet those, that's okay. Just did, try, so is try that is that a new thing or had, did you do that pre-COVID? Uh, so I did not do that pre-COVID. However, I have this saying in all my classes, life happens. And if life happens to you and something is due, let me know and we'll work it out. But I did not. I had very hard due dates. Assignments were turned hard copy in class. And now I just have them upload them on Canvas, which I will continue the uploading on Canvas. I think that's... Um, better for students to upload assignment and then instead of trying to find a printer that has ink Absolutely. and print it five minutes before class starts frantically, right? Oh, I remember those days. <laughs> yes, yes, I do as well. And so, no, I have them upload it to Canvas and that's so much easier to be able to pull it up on Canvas and grade it like that. Yeah, I remember that that sinking feeling of, okay, I didn't staple this and trying to fold the corners or ask people, do you have a stapler? So pre-COVID, I was pretty loose about that kind of thing. I didn't care if you turned it in without a staple. I was okay with that. And I was pretty understanding. Um, but I really like this system better because you don't know what's going on in student life. And like I said, we're all unique. We all have different things going on. Um, we've all been under those time crunches, which are good in certain situations to get us to meet those deadlines. Uh, but I think flexibility right now is really important. Yes. Um Okay, so um, we have the writing center on campus and then in the learning center, we have writing tutors as well. Like what advice would you give those students um, who are helping, uh, who are potentially gonna help students in your class with assignments? I would say our assignments in BA105W and all sections, I would say the most important thing that I hear from the other instructors as well as myself is to follow directions really pay attention to what the directions are for that particular assignment. And that may seem relatively simple, but we have had some of a struggle with students just going through the assignment, following the directions step by step to get the end product that is the most clear and concise. Because hmm. yeah. that is, see now some students love that writing 
style, that clear right. and conciseness that they don't have to elaborate. They don't have to meet a certain word count. It's just, this is what it is, right? Yeah, and Craig, Craig School is really the only college on campus. Maybe rec administration too, but that's like, just keep it clear and concise. Yes, because your goal is that the other person understands you, not you impress them with your wonderful writing, right. but that they understand what you're trying to say. Otherwise, you're not going to do business, right? Right, right. Yeah. So following directions and making sure it is that, that clear and concise uh, product that we're looking for. And okay. then ask questions to the professors. Yes. Right? Uh, it's okay if a tutor has a question for me. I, I would love for a tutor to say, hey, I don't understand this direction. Because you know what that means? That means somebody else doesn't understand it too. And I need right. to address it. Right. I, I always tell the tutors, they, they come to me and they're like, I have a student and they have the struggle and I told them to talk to their professor, but I don't know if they will. I'm like, can you email, email and ask? Yes. There's nothing wrong with that, right? Mm -hmm. The worst is you'll hear crickets, but most professors are really willing to help. Yeah. And I am absolutely that way. I would really be excited about that because that would tell me where I have a flaw in my assignment and that other students are struggling as well. Right. And so I know I address it. one thing that I want to do in, uh, for next semester, which I tell people all the time verbally, but I think now, especially remotely, I need to do in my email signature or something. I always tell them, if I don't reply to you in two days, something's wrong. Oh, you yes, sir. Email me again. Mm -hmm. um, and I need to write that in my um, email signature because, you know, you're flagging all these emails. You're maybe thinking about one. And then it gets lost in the inbox. Yes. And, and sometimes students feel like, well, I emailed. Is it rude if I, if I Right. Email? And it's, you know. that is a great point. In fact, I think I'm going to add that as well, because, you know, I don't know about you, but after COVID, I'm getting like 300 emails a day. Yes, and I don't know absolutely. what the deal is. It's just like blown up. And so it is easy to lose emails. Um, in your inbox. And so I think I am, I think I'm going to, I am, I'm going to add that as well. That if you haven't heard from yeah. me in a certain, it's okay. I do tell students it's okay to bug me, but I don't know how much that resonates, right? If they see right. that in writing. Yeah, I'm going to do that. Because... Yeah, I'm even okay with them texting me. Hey, yeah, me I too. emailed you twice. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, that's a great idea. All right. I have, I have some rapid fire questions for you. These are one word answers, but if you listen to previous episodes, people do elaborate on some of these. <laughs> Elaboration is okay. Yeah. So uh, introvert or extrovert? Uh, introvert, but I am very jealous of extroverts. How about that? <laughs> I, I think I would answer that the same way. If I have to be honest, introvert, but extroverts, uh, they're so lucky. <laughs> yeah. Uh, email or office hour? Email. And I, do you want me to elaborate? <laughs> no, <laughs> don't elaborate on that. Email is, um, but I'm okay with office hours, whatever works for students. It's just email gives me time to prepare what it is that they need. Mm, most that's, efficiently. that's so true. Yeah. Uh, Scantron or short answer? Scantron. Ooh. That's interesting for a writing class, huh? Yeah. <laughs> So letters are appropriate, but there's some stuff that can be tested. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, meat or no meat? No meat. 
vegetarian or vegan? Are you vegetarian? Yeah, nice. And vegan is, I try, but that's hard. That's difficult. Dairy, dairy gets me. I remember uh, two of my college room roommates. They they decided to go on a vegan diet, and I was this was before we really understand what vegan meant, and so they're going on this diet, and then. Um, they're like, oh, this is our last day of the diet. We might continue to do it. And somebody walked by and they were like, oh, you're on a vegan diet? And they're like, yeah. And, and she was like, well, you know, you're eating bread. And bread. Is... <laughs> and they were like, oh. Mind blown, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, what? Yeah. It's, it's, I had somebody the other day tell me, oh, I think it'd be easy to be a vegan. I go, really? Do you consume butter, milk, oh. cream? eggs uh-huh yeah i yeah i have a daughter who's vegan and she does really well on it but i just it's the the, the cheese is what one. gets me that's a difficult cheese. one <laughs> uh dark chocolate or milk chocolate milk chocolate uh what is your least favorite word ah, right now discrimination mm. what is your favorite word equity Thank yeah. you so much for this. I'm hoping uh, we have a lot of transfer students coming in um, to dog days. And I'm not sure if they'll want to take their writing requirement their first semester. <laughs> but if they do, this will be interesting for them. But otherwise, I'm hoping that uh, once we start to get a lot of the students registered for BA 105W, we can get this out to them. Yeah, so in the Christ School of Business, this is a gateway class. So some of them have to take it their first semester. Oh, to, okay. So that actually is a good point. I'm glad you brought that up. That might be overwhelming for some of them to try. And I would say, go for it. Right. Be okay. Just stay in communication with your professor and follow directions. Absolutely. Thank yeah. you for saying that. And thank you for your time. Thank you so much for having me. I really had a great time. Thank you.